Hello again, friends, and welcome to My Back 40 and the My Back 40 podcast. How's everybody doing? Did you have a good weekend? Did you get out and ride your bikes? I sure hope so. I got out for a couple rides, a few rides actually, last week, and it feels good. Trails are drying up quite nicely. Um, in the Invermere area, they're, they're, they're pretty fantastic, actually. I was pretty pumped about the riding the other day. To be on dirt, on a plus bike, <laughs> with no studs. Yeah, it's fast. So fun. Um, yeah, so what have you been up to? Hopefully you've been getting out and doing some training, I hope. Uh, even though there may not be any events coming up in the future, I think it's important that we stay moving and stay active and stay fit, keep our immune system boosted. So whatever training program you're on, if you need a consultation with that, I would encourage you to reach out to Cycling 101 and use the discount code 101VIP20 to save 20% off a consultation. Or if you need a bike fit, you can use that same code. I encourage you to reach out. Just thought I'd fit that in. And I want to thank Cycling 101 and Rebound Cycle for their support. By supporting me, you're supporting the My Back 40 podcast, and I really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Feeling kind of mellow right now. Feeling good. Had a pretty good weekend. Um, I'm not going to ramble on for too much time. Um, I'm excited about uh, some merchandise I'm kind of putting together. I want to kind of make some t-shirts available and some stickers. It's been a fun project, My Back 40. I'm, I'm super, uh, super privileged to be able to do this and bring you these conversations. And uh, yeah, I'm super pumped. And I love all you guys. So I'm going to have some shirts and I was hoping to get um, some hats and hoodies. Um, given the pandemic and our financial situation, I had to dial back on that. So <laughs> I'm going to get some shirts together and some stickers. And um, I do have a support page set up on my website if you want to go check it out, myback40.org. And um, yeah, I just want to thank everyone for the feedback and the five-star ratings. I love it. And uh, I really feel good about this podcast and I'm glad you're coming along for the ride. So uh, enjoy. Super pumped today about the conversation I'm bringing you. Uh, I'm trying to have a convo with this guy for uh, quite a, quite a long time since the Bike Pack Canada podcast, and uh, finally our schedules aligned, and we had a fantastic chat. It was great to shoot the shit with Jay Peterberry, and uh, I hope you really have fun with this conversation. Um, first half is pretty chill. Um, just kind of getting to know each other and sharing stories and man, the guy has so much experience. It's really fun to talk to him. But, uh, the second half we get into the stuff about the tour divide gets a bit more serious and, um, just, yeah, throwing it out there. It's a, it's a hard conversation and I think it deserves a platform. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, I'm really pumped to be able to bring it to you. Jay's a super down to earth guy. I've never talked to the guy before, but I, I certainly enjoyed it. Um, and I look forward to talking to him again in the future. So Without further delay, I want to bring you Jay Peterberry. Are things like pretty much shut down up there? Are you allowed to like go on trails and ride and stuff? Oh yeah, we can get out. Um, it's not like full okay. on full on lockdown. I mean, I don't know what's 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 Victor like? Is it you're in Victor, Idaho, right? Yeah, yeah. It's small. Is it a small uh, town? Yeah, I mean the the town's only a couple thousand people, so I try to right. include the whole valley. Right, and the valley consists of like call it three towns and maybe there's like 6,000 here. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're probably like in the range, uh, maybe 4,000 people, like not including the big city of Cranbrook kind of South of us. So we're pretty small, but, um, you know, grocery stores are open. All the playgrounds are closed. Schools are closed. Um, 
I work at a like a family owned and operated uh, contractor building supply place. I'm a shipper receiver there. So construction's yep. still a go. So people still need yep. supplies. So I, like I'm I'm fortunate that I get to work. Um, but what's nice in in Canada, I know you guys are having a bit of a different experience down there with your uh, with your leader. Um, <laughs> and a lot of people don't, don't like Trudeau, but man, I'm telling you, I, I feel pretty uh, fortunate that our government's really stepping up to, to protect its citizens and keep the, keep the economy stimulated. He's, he's doing a lot of really good things. So even if I do lose my job, we'll be all right. I think, you know? Yep. So what about you guys? Are you down full lockdown out there too, or what's going on? No, I mean... You know, we're in a bubble here for sure. We always yeah. have been, even when the economy crashed. But because, you know, we have such a big influence in Jackson, because that place is just like filled with money. Right. You know, so we're just like 20 miles from them, but we're in Idaho. But then it's kind of weird, too, because our closest city, like big city, is Salt Lake. That's 300 miles away. Right. So we're kind of isolated in our own yeah. way. Um, which is good and bad at times. Like we, you know, we don't have box stores and things like that. So we don't have to deal with like the, the stuff that has to do with populations, you know, but I mean, we're still doing all of our taking all those precautions and all those things are in place. Yeah. The restaurants are closed, takeout only grocery stores are open. Um, you know, I'm kind of paranoid and scared, you know, I have asthma Uh, and I don't, I don't like, I honestly haven't been in touch with anybody. Like I don't come across people. Um, I've been out of work and looking for kind of work. Um, and then, uh, Tracy has been going to work. She works at a building supply store as well. Oh, okay. She does all the book work there. Uh, but it's in Jackson just up and over the hill. And so they are staying open for now because building is going on, but, as you know, there's like different counties, towns, and states that are thinking about some already have like closed construction job sites. Yeah. Um, and that was a discussion this week here in both Victor and Jackson. And they were supposed to come into some decisions yesterday, but I was trying to read about something, but I still don't think they made a decision yet. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so bananas. It's, it's like, um, yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, I'm I'm grateful that the the construction guys can still work, guys and girls. Like, you know, if people are working, that's a, obviously a good thing, right? The the fewer people that are that are are bound up at home, the better. I mean, for everyone's mental health, right? Like, just to keep the anxiety levels down. But as soon as I can't imagine living in like New York or or San Francisco, like it's just it's just crazy. And then it's something that has to be done. Obviously, like people need to be kind of locked down and to uh, flatten that curve, as they say, I've, I've got a couple friends that have people that are working in the, in the medical system up here. And it's just like, they're heroes up here. Right. Like, and down there too, like people who are going to work every day and facing this, this hidden enemy is, it's just, we've never lived through this before. Right. So it's, it's I mean, it's absolutely, like you said, it's bananas. And then, yeah, you just got to keep saying how fortunate we are that like, yeah, I don't live in a big city and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. And I have trails and open space that I can go on and see nobody. And that is yeah. awesome. Uh, and then at the same time, you look at like Italy or Spain where fuck, those guys can't even go outside. Yeah. And I think that's nuts. It is crazy. <laughs> and I think culturally too, they're just, you know, I've, 
uh, I'm, I'm not super well traveled, but I've in fact been to Spain and, and just, you know, they're always hugging and kissing each other. Like they're just a very different culture in that respect. Right. So it's no wonder that it, it spread like wildfire through those, like through Italy and, and, you know, multi-generations. Oh, I never even thought houses. about that. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. The kiss on the cheek is a common yeah. thing. Like I didn't. Like how many funny. times did men kiss you in Morocco? Did you get kissed a lot? Or you're too busy. Not in Morocco. You know? Not in Morocco. I went to Morocco a few years back uh, with my, uh, with, with my well, partner then, now my wife. And uh, I remember we were talking at a cafe and, and uh, we were just, you know, the language barrier was crazy. But, you know, we were able to have a conversation. And then at the end, we were leaving that day, hopping on a bus. And the cafe owner, you know, went up to my wife and at arm's length, like reached out and kind of like shook her hand. Like, oh, I'm so happy to meet you. And they came up to me. It was like, mwah, 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 like just... It's just not making out with me, but you know, like the whole double, triple kiss yeah. thing. And it's just like, and that's done out of respect, right? That's just their culture. Like if he were to kiss my wife yep. and I were, yep. and I were, you know, North African, I might've beat the crap out of him. I, I don't know, but it's just a different right. thing. Right. Yeah. But yeah, some cultures are just way more, way more physical. And I think they're succumbing uh, more quickly to the spread. I don't know. It's crazy. Just crazy. We're so, going to learn a lot from this one. We sure are. Let's talk about something that's a little bit more positive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But we have to. We have to cover it, man. It's such a it's such a thing. So you're in Victor, Idaho. So tell me about uh, JP's life in, in Idaho. Yeah, Victor, Idaho right now. Yeah, like I said, I'm thankful to be here. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, interesting times, just even uh, personally for myself. Gosh, yeah. Uh, it's uh it's been a transition of a of a year in itself and then to uh have this uh pandemic kind of go along with it kind of makes it super interesting yeah. um you, you know i mean the whole world is on pause right like, yeah so i mean you know and uh i've been making my my living in the bicycle business for a number of years now. And, uh, it's been awesome. And, and when you can just like reach out to brands and have conversations and like conduct relationship building and, uh, and conduct business, I mean, that's a, that's something I look back on and feel very fortunate about, but like right now, like you can't have those conversations. Yeah. And it's not like people don't want to have them, but like nobody's like ready to make decisions uh on anything so so that's that's like super interesting kind of uh on my on my uh on that side of things when it comes to partnerships and things like that and uh you know i, I still have partners and stuff like that and and that's all good but just trying to as I, I don't know if people really understand what it takes to kind of like try to be this uh to be an individual and to be like that athlete you know i kind of call myself an ambassador for sport but it, it's it takes a ton of hustle yeah and a ton of negotiation and talking and projects and uh you know because you're trying to put together all these little things to make one bigger thing and that's a living <laughs> uh you know let's face it there's not a ton of uh ton of money in the uh bicycle industry as there is and then to try to like you know getting product and things and being a, a sponsored rider that way is one thing and uh you know but then to try to uh receive funds is, is certainly another thing and that's another level 
And that's all earned stuff. You know, you get that from being through your experience and credibility and putting time into the sport. And like, I've done a lot. I've done that now. Right. Like it's kind of weird, but like people definitely reference me as a, as a, as a legend at this point. And that's a weird thing to say. Are you uncomfortable with that? Uh, I actually said that to a buddy I was texting with this morning. He's like, Hey, what are you up to? It's like, Oh, I'm just about to go on online with Jay Peterberry's legend in bikepacking and during sports. It is weird to say that. I remember a few years ago when somebody brought that up and I was just like, I don't know if I like that. What about, what about that means I'm getting old. You're getting what? You're getting older. That that means I'm getting old. (laughs) Old. Um, but But at the same time, like, no, I can look back at that and be like, no, that's something that's earned and not everyone gets that status. Even when you do put in your time. And so I, I gotta, I gotta remember that and look back at that. Like I've done a lot of neat things. I've been very fortunate in my career thus far. And, uh, I do believe there's still plenty of opportunity moving forward. Um, you know, maybe like right now, this immediate moment might be a, a, a little bit of a, a mountaintop to get over, but still like, like I, I still want to pursue things in bikepacking in sport and, you know, definitely things have transitioned for me just even, uh, as that competitive athlete, like honestly like i've I've said this kind of the last couple of events now like i'm not as hungry as i used to be Mm. like my drive to be on the front tippy point of an event just like i still have drive and i'm very competitive like like to be competitive but it's against myself but like I'm not going to risk certain things that I used to risk. I just don't want it that bad. And like, I can look back at just like maybe reference, let's, let's reference Alice mountain race since that was the last thing. But like, you know, Sophia, the winner, like he didn't sleep for four nights. Like I'm not going to do that anymore (laughs) because, because I know, like I've been through all that. I've been at this for, I've been endurance racing since I've been 22. I'm 47. Like I've been at this for 25 years. I've been bikepacking for 15 years. You know, like I just made a list the other day and and I'm pushing like just close to 50 bikepacking events by themselves, not including my adventure racing career and ultra running stuff. And so like, but so that hunger just isn't quite there, but I still love sport. I still love the tinker. I still love to think outside the box. I still like to put pressure on these 30-year-olds and make them think. And I still love to play the game. Like, that is super fun for me. And I don't have to necessarily win, but I like to play a game. Because to me, like, it is, racing is a game. Um, and if you're not having fun doing it and being strategic about it and just trying to just trying to live, uh, trying to get by by being physical. Like that's not that fun to me. I like to play it. Um, but like going back to being hungry, it's just like, ah, gosh, like it's weird to say it, but like, I might've like kind of lost that in a certain bit or maybe I'm not sure. And I'm just saying that now because I'm living in this space now through all these years, but like, you know, I do a ton of events every year. So to, to keep that hunger, every single event is super challenging. I got to say like 
part of that is my legend status because I did have that hunger for so long and I was been I was able to do three to five big events every single year and be in that top spot like consistently through all this time. That is like looking back on that, that's that's kind of bonkers. Um, but I am starting to take another path, and a lot of it is is like I I really love to share, right? And I always have. I've always been an open book, and like, you know, there was nothing hidden inside my bike pack bag. Like, if someone asked me, I tell them, or even in my brain, like strategy, like I would tell strategy to the people I'm riding next to, competing against, and um, and so I love to share that and like education, and like I've got to mentor a lot of people. And that is super satisfying for me, like more satisfying than doing an event myself. And um, I, I get a lot out of that. And I think that's kind of my like maybe my next path a bit is to continue that, put more weight on sharing, teaching, mentoring and giving back what I have versus just like this personal achievement type thing. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really cool. And I think that just shows like maybe a little bit of maturity or just growth in sport and stuff. Uh, and I'm fine with all that, but, uh, I am being challenged with a little bit on how to, how to expand on that, capitalize on that and really make that part of my living now instead of just like this representation of brands and going out and trying to do all these events every year. So, you know, a, a little bit of figuring out right now, but I, I think, uh, um, further in that space than I was just a couple of months ago with like what that looks like and kind of, uh, putting that down on paper and, uh, and, and starting to, uh, pursue some of those ideas actually. So, and there, there was a lot of things on the plate before this happened actually with some camps and joining as a guest guide and some teaching. And there was a lot of that going on and doing some consulting work over in, uh, Romania. And like, I had a, a, a lot of neat things going on in that space. And like, it just kind of got shut down and, and it's going to come back around. But this is like, I always say too, I learned so much from my bike pack racing, mm. bike packing in general that I apply to my life. And this is certainly a time of patience. Yeah. You made a post the other day that I commented on and it's like, yeah, you can almost take these, this knowledge and these exercises and, and take them into life about, you know, just, just enduring like endurance and, and trying to stay stoic through times that are just bananas like they are right now. And, uh, yeah, I mean it. It translates quite well. So, do you find like, uh, like what you gosh, said about? Oh, sorry. I was just going to uh, go back to the being at the pointy end of the pointy end of the stick. You know, like, um, being as competitive as you were, is it is it hard to see? I mean, you you admitted it yourself that you know getting a bit older, right? And you know your recovery is probably slower, maybe. Um, I mean. Uh, I'm just making assumptions, but you know, based on, I've yeah. only been at it for a handful of years and I know that it, it takes a long time to recover after one of these big efforts. Right. Especially for me, I just feel like I'm so broken after one of them. Actually, it's uh, for me, it's not necessarily the recovery because oh, okay. my body has been doing this for so long and I have been like one after another, after another. Yeah. And in the early years, actually in the early years, recovery was actually much harder. 
And then I got to this, like kind of this midpoint in my life that all of a sudden, like when I would challenge myself to like, I remember the first time I challenged and I, I did something that was called the no idle tour. And I did like the, I did a rod 1000. And then I did like, uh, the Arizona trail 750. And then I went into like, uh, uh, self-supported Ram ride. And then, um, Oh, and then I time trialed the tour divide. So that was four huge events. It was like almost 8,000 miles self-supported racing in less than six months time. Ouch. And like, and like, and I like set records on all of them and won all of them. It was crazy. And like, but that was like, that was a personal challenge to see if I can actually like, how is my body going to hold up? And like, so there was a time like early before that recovery was tough. And like now I think my, my body like kind of actually recovers very well. Um, but the work it takes to be on that like pointy end is tough. Like I could be like, there's a difference between being fifth and first. And it's that there's a speed involved there. And it's that, uh, how do I say, you know, it's that VO two work and it's staying really sharp and fast. Um, I could stay super strong. Like I could ride strong at 90%, 85% forever, but to kind of like get that extra edge to be a hundred percent and really being able to like put in that extra effort to bridge across something is like, that is something I need to work at. Like, I just don't have that off the couch. Like I used to, when I was, you know, early thirties, like you have that, but like, I have to work really hard at that to keep that speed. And that's why I like really enjoy like the gravel racing and things like that. Like that keeps me honest, but like the past few years I've done more VO two like interval workouts and oh gosh. And, and, and that stuff starts to get old too. Like ticking away at that. Like, I don't know how much people understand the work it takes to be at that level. Um, they don't see the work behind the scenes. And what goes on every day in, in an athlete's life to try to be at that point. And like, and I still have that drive at certain times, but like, yeah, I, I'm just not as hungry for it anymore. Like, what does it mean to me anymore? Like what, not that I was ever here to prove anything to anybody anyway, but like, I don't have anything to prove. Like, I don't need to go like win every event. Like it's just changing. Mm-hmm. and uh and that, and that's okay but like going back to that life lesson stuff like i've been saying this since like i think my very first bikepacking race like i learned more about life that i can like uh relate i've learned more about life in bikepacking that i can relate to life than i do in life that i can relate to bikepacking uh, that yeah. Sense. yeah no it does uh, and, and, and I take all those lessons and like, I love to talk about them because I spend so much time and I'm so passionate about the sport and it's just a, it's just a piece of me. It's, it's in my brain, it's in my blood. So like whenever I talk about life things and even personal challenges, whether it's a relationship or with my wife or with business, I'm constantly like reflecting back to this, to what I've learned in bikepacking. And, you know, and it does come down to like the patience and like making, making, uh, a positive out of a negative, you know, you're confronted with this bad weather and super slow conditions and you're pushing your bike for days, but it's like, 
yeah, you stick with it and you'll get to the other side. Um, if you smile and can appreciate the things around you, getting through that time is going to be much easier. If you hate something while you're doing it, it's going to be a tough go. Yeah. Why are you doing it anyway? If you don't like it, (laughs) Oh gosh, I I say this to people all the time. I'm like, don't say that to me. Like, I don't want to hear how hard it, like how much suffering you did because like, that's not a way to like really promote sport. If Mm. you're going to like go around and spoo about like how challenging and like how miserable it was and how much you hurt and like this and that, like, I get it. We're all like pushing it and things like that. But like, I don't know, that doesn't encourage other people to do it. Does it? Um, like, so I try to take those situations and like, you know, it, it even comes down to like how many times do people start an event and they're thinking about the finish line? I'd still do it to this day, but like you leave on an expedition I don't care if it's a hundred mile race, 20 mile ride or a two month, two week ride race. Like people leave and they're thinking about the finish line. And it's like, it's good. That's a long ways away. You better stop thinking about that finish because you need to live in the moment. Mm. You need to embrace your surroundings so you can make good decisions right now. Mm. If you're being distracted and want to get to that finish, like, first of all, you're rushing a time that you should be enjoying. Like, I don't want to rush to the finish. Like, just even back to the Atlas race, like, I remember there was, like, a, the film car was, like, kind of following me to the finish. And it was only, like, 10 miles to the finish. Oh, Jay, are you excited to get to the finish? And I'm like, no. It's over. Now I got to yeah. go back to life. life things. And not that, like, I have a great life. I have great people in my life. I love people. I'm a social person, but at the same time, like I love being in that moment. I love being on my bike. I love enjoying my surroundings. It's very simple. And like, mm. um, it's, it's okay. You know? Uh, so I don't know. I'm just kind of going on a tangent, but uh, no, no, it's fine. It, it, it's a, it's a beautiful thing when you can really, um, when you, when you, when you find something you love and have a passion for something, it's wonderful. And I, I think and know there's a lot of people in this world that don't have one. And I'm not saying it needs to be bicycle riding or whatever. Like it, Just a passion, know, just something, base, right? <laughs> a very basic principle in life is like find something you love, but a true passion. And when you find that, it, it satisfies so much and you can learn so much from it. Um, and there's a, there's a ton of people in this world walking around that don't have that. They don't have that outlet. They don't have that space to really, really put their heart, their energy, their interior into. And, and I think you need that outlet and people might think they have it, and I thought I had it at times in my life, but honestly, I didn't, I didn't discover my true passion, which is like long distance cycling, multi-day bike packing until 2006 or seven when I was, I, I literally finally was like, and this, I was like mid thirties and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like I came back like energized in a different way saying, I love this. This is incredible. 
and I had plenty of other sports I did before that and hobbies. And I, I honestly, I love the work. I'm a carpenter. That's something I've really always enjoyed. And I was a workaholic for a while. And like, but it was like, there was different things. I was an ultra runner. I loved adventure racing and all this other stuff and 24 hour racing and all this. But like, I finally found it and loved it. And like, if I can give advice to anybody and young people, like you need to find that. And that's something we should be teaching is find that like passion. And like, I don't, I don't think, you know, I think you'll know when you find it because it lights something in your interior. It's not just like, Oh yeah, I really like this. This is a cool hobby. Yeah. It's different than that. It's different than finding like a fire burning passion that you're just like obsessive about. Yeah. And I understand obsessive compulsive can be a problem at times. Mm -hmm. And like, I'll admit like bike packing at times, my passion can get in my way of my life. But I found something that like, wow. Um, And I I don't, I don't know if, if that many people are passionate about that many things in life or about anything in life. I read a quote from um, his name's Jordan Peterson. Have you heard of Jordan Peterson? He's a Canadian um, psychologist. He wrote a book called 12 Rules for Life. And one of his rules, if I'm, I'm probably going to misquote it, was uh, um, do things that are meaningful, not things that are expedient. And I think in what we're doing now, not we, I mean, the general we <clears throat> is satisfying these quick needs, right? Like this online, the likes and the, and the, uh, I don't have to get into all the social networking thing, but, but just, yeah, look, looking (laughs) instant gratification. Yeah. So you're looking for, for things that will expediently give you pleasure rather than um, looking at things that are a bit more meaningful, which could actually be something that causes a lot of suffering, like a bike packing race. You, I mean, you suffer people, you don't like to talk about it and that's fine. But you know, if you can overcome that suffering, um, to, to, to accomplish a goal of, of riding a thousand miles across the friggin' barren North of Alaska in the middle of winter, like that must give a ton of meaning when you get to the finish line, you may not be thinking about the finish line, but I'm sure at some level you're, you're visualizing finishing, right? Like visualization is quite powerful. That's part of, uh, that's part of, uh, uh, that's part of the work is visualization, right? Yeah. So doing things that are meaningful and not, Uh, not expedient. I mean, you can go out for a quick, you know, like I did a 30 K ride on my fat bike, you know, a couple days ago and you come back and it's expedient, you know, couple hours in the saddle and you come back and you're feeling awesome and it gives you that quick um uh, you know you come back to life and you just you're it's like a mental reset right um but it's different than achieving goals that are you know days away or or weeks away right gives you a lot more meaning i think when you accomplish those things yeah and uh they're super special and it's and um it's hard to have those conversations with people it's not hard to have those conversations but people can't really relate that really haven't done it Mm. they think they can relate um and it's fun to talk to them and entertain that and oh wow and this and that but it's it's really i really enjoy talking to other people that have those experiences like i did a ride for example i mean going to gnome is a is a, is one of my Crazy. best experiences of my life. 
Um, and I've done it whatever many times now. And, um, but talking to the people that have done it is different than talking to the people that haven't Mm. because there's this certain thing. There's this experience that you can't actually put to words, uh, and these feelings and this description that you can't just put into words and like, but you know, when you're talking to someone that's done it and been there, it's just like, you almost don't have to talk to each other Mm. and you can just kind of like, which is super special, right? Because now you're communicating in a way that is, it's pretty heavy and deep because you're not, you don't have to say certain things, but they just smile and shake (laughs) their head. Oh yeah. They're nodding. (laughs) Fucking so special. Like I, it gives me the chills right now. Like some of the people that I've had experiences with, like on the Iditarod, like, you know, thinking back to like maybe something in particular to relate to. Like I remember, going to Nome one year and yep, super competitive. And there's something that changes out there on these expeditions where you definitely just like look out for one another. Things become very serious. That's a backcountry ethic, right? Mm. Like you keep an eye on your fellow backcountry person, no matter how competitive you are, no matter if you like them or hate them, you are going to keep an eye on someone when it's negative 50. Yeah. You're going to have them in your head and you're going to be like, fuck, I hope that person's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And those things are, uh, those are crazy moments. But like, so like, yeah, going to Nome one year, I think I traveled probably about a week by myself. Um, But then all of a sudden met up with um, a couple of riders. uh, uh, Name of Jeff and Jeff and Phil, and then all of a sudden, uh, then it was just like Jeff and I kind of traveling on and off, and then we ended up traveling together for, uh, I can't recall, call it a week together. But those conditions that you're, like, it never got, like, it barely got to, like, negative 20 during the day. Like, maybe negative 30, whatever. And at night, like, I don't fucking know. It was, like, negative 50 every night, you know? But it was like this day in and day out, day in and day out. And like to do the work, meaning like feed yourself, move on the bike, do your maintenance, take care of yourself, put on the clothes, just like all this stuff is a chore. And to do it for that amount of time every single day and then like going into the night and pushing your boundaries and getting depleted and on and off the bike and, you know, 15 plus hours a day, every single day. And it gets to the night and now you got a bivy and like everything's such a challenge and you got to start your stove and like all this stuff starts to wear on you. And like, that was a very special year. Um, because Jeff and I did get to do this, even though we didn't share words much because like when you're living in like this ping pot, like this face mask and like all you have is like, an eat hole and like little slits of eyes. Like you're not really hanging out, having conversations, talking while being together. I mean, you're kind of together, but you're not. And you're just going through these motions, basically just keeping an eye on each other. (laughs) And, but, and he's a good friend and that was a crazy time, but we can like, just kind of look at each other 
and be like, remember that and shake our heads and just be like, we don't have to say a lot and just be like, people wouldn't understand. Be like, that was fucking nuts. But we both know and both probably get those goose goosebumps of like what an experience that was. And wow. And for me to try to like relate that to somebody else to get those same feelings like it's just not there. I'm sorry. Um, I could probably share those same feelings with someone else that's been to know them. Um, and it doesn't have to be Jeff and we can kind of have that conversation and have a general understanding. And, uh, and that's special stuff because few people will get that. Um, and I feel really fortunate to have those experiences and I could stand like in the middle of no, I, I do this often during my events, especially remote stuff. Like I'll do it in Asana, did it in Morocco just a couple of months ago or whatever. And like, I will stop and I will get this feeling and I will be overwhelmed by this feeling and smile big, maybe shed a tear and be like, I am a lucky dude. Hmm. I am in the middle of nowhere. I have exactly what I need because I am very comfortable in my element. I am comfortable with what I packed, even though it is super minimal. I can survive anything. And this is a special moment. And I love that. And I appreciate that. Uh, and I could, I really only get them in those events. And so, you know, going back to passion, that's what passion is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's, I think the thing too, is it's, it's not, it's hard. It's not relatable. Like I can relate on a lot of levels because I've done a couple of events and have suffered and, you know, haven't slapped and blessed. So I can relate. But when you add the, the complexity of, of temperatures like that, low, low temperatures and having to, it's not the summer where if you sweat, oh, you get a little bit wet, you know, if you sweat and it's minus 50, you're kind of fucked. Right. <laughs> so it's like, there's a whole uh, other, it's a whole other level of, of a complexity. And it's not, it's not only a physical, um, like a, like a biological demand on your body, just physically doing the effort. But then like you said, it's like all the other shit. It's like, you know, layering on, layering off, starting the stove, um, you know, boiling your water, uh, setting up your sleep kit when you're in the middle of, of a lake on the edge of a lake in two feet of snow and it's minus 40 or whatever. It's like, I could just barely relate to that because I'm not a super winter camper guy. We'll talk to the, we'll talk about the fat pursuit and the fat camp soon actually. But, uh, you know, that's something I want to do, but I just don't have the money to buy. I don't think I have the right gear to do it. And I want to be safe. Right. So I can relate to that on a lot of levels and, and, but I think a lot of people can't because most of the time when you tell them that, I'm sure you get it. It's like, you're fucking crazy. What are you doing? You did what up in Alaska? What? And they can't really, they can't process it. And you're like, yeah, man, I was standing in minus 50 in the middle of the night and I was looking up at the moon and I was smiling because it was so rad. And they're like, you're fucking crazy. What are you talking about? <laughs> so it's, it's just, just not just relatable for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then the most satisfying ones are the most challenging ones. Mm. It has nothing to do with like being the first person or at the mm. arch or the finish line or whatever. Like the most satisfying events is like when you get through so many challenges, right? When you, when you need to push your bike 
10 miles through the mud or when you need to fix your bike and you become creative. Mm. Uh, there's just these different experiences. Like those are the ones that are super satisfying when you just figure it out. And when you don't throw in the towel, because the easy thing to do and a lot of people bail out on is they stop or quit instead of like mustering up and going slightly deeper Hmm. and answering like you really, in those times you really got to, they're tough. I'm uh, like, I know they are like when you break your bike, you're like, Oh fuck, it's done. Well, no, it's, you got to go back and be like, well, why am I here? This is the challenge. This is the adventure. I put in months of training. I put in thousands of dollars. I already took off a week's worth of work. It's only day two. I still don't have to go home for another week. What so else? Why, what else are you gonna do? <laughs> what the hell else are you gonna do? You might as well try to figure something out. Like, yeah. This is just a different challenge now, right? Um, you know, like I'm really proud of like some of the stuff I've done. Like the very first Silk Road race, I got, I had tire problems from the start, and I like no shit like. I was getting three to four flats a day. Oh my God. Every single day for eight days, like stopping all the time, like, and having to ride that way. Like now I'm riding with tubes. And now you're like all day long, you're focusing on like your line. You have to pay attention to every single rock. You got to be so light on your handlebars, on your rear end of your bike. Like, fuck, I hope I don't flat. Oh man. And then, and then you get that flat. And then you got to have the composure mm. to like not get pissed, not throw you your break bike out with your kid. It's fucking raining. So then you got to like try to like, now I was patching tubes all day, every day. Ugh. And like, I look back and I was like, I kept my composure. Like at first I was like, fuck pissed. And then it just became this part of this thing. Like, okay, like today I'm going to ride my bike and fix flats. Like no big deal. <laughs> but but like, I don't know how many other people would have done that. Honestly, I'm not sure how many people would have actually just like thrown in the towel. I think a lot of people would have. Um, I know a lot of people would have because it's it. Sometimes challenges become an excuse for people to not finish. I'm sorry, that's just how it is. And if we want to like look across the board and start to like analyze why people stop or quit events and look at particular situations, you could probably go back and be like, well, yeah, that was more of a, I I think it becomes more of a weak mind than it does. Like you couldn't get through it because I'm one of those guys that I think, uh, anything is possible for sure. And you can, you know what, you could train every single day for the entire year and then go start the tour divide and still be totally unprepared for what's in front of you. Like, it's, it's, it's not just being fit. It's not just being fit. It's about, it's about the tools that you carry with you. Like you said, yeah, tire problems. So what jumps to mind is like, maybe you were, uh, you were under rubbered, your shoes weren't, weren't, weren't good for the terrain maybe. Or, Oh yeah. I know I made a mistake. I made the wrong decision Yeah, and I blame myself. Yeah, I don't blame like the tires. No, I don't blame the fucking rocks. I blame me. Yeah. I take the responsibility and then I fixed my shit. 
Because it's all, like it's all compromises, right? It's like, okay, well, I want to be fast, so I'm going to run some skinny tires, and I'm going to take the gamble, right? I'm going to kind of make I, a decision based on my experience, and then it was the wrong decision, <laughs> basically. I love it. People, people do not take uh, responsibility for their own decisions. Like mm. People want to blame the bike, or they want to blame the environment, the weather, the surface. And it's just like, well, th- this is your decision. Like, this yeah. is this is all you. Yeah, I should have brought a fat bike, and this. I didn't. <laughs> exactly. Or when they, you know, I got a flat, and I blame it on the rock. Well, like, I'm gonna like take it a step further and like be like, well, you you chose that line. Yeah. Like, if you would have rode one inch to your left, you wouldn't have got the flat. Yeah. So then it's your fault. Um. But, you know, like people don't want to like, yeah. I had an experience last <laughs> summer on a, on a, did a little ITT on a, a 500 kilometer little loop around the, the, the Rocky Mountain Trench here called the Lost Elephant. Super punchy, like 30,000 feet of climbing and 500 Sorry. kilometers, whichever that is. That's, so it's pretty, you can see that the elevation oh, yeah, profile yeah. is quite steep, right? Oh yeah. Well, spent, that's stout. <laughs> yeah. Spent a lot of time on, on my feet, but, uh. But it was like the first night and it was like one in the morning and I, the, the, the track took me down some weird, like a Creek. And I was like, my spidey senses were like, no, this isn't right. This can't be right. This is weird. But anyway, it took me a half an hour and you can watch my dot go boop, 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 back and forth, trying to figure out what the fuck. <laughs> and then I finally, I finally got on the road and, uh, I rode a plus bike on that with, uh, Chronicles, Max's Chronicles. And uh, they weren't in the best shape. And I knew that going out. I was like, ah, yeah, they'll be okay. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty light on my feet rider. Like, I'm pretty good. I've been mountain biking a long time. So I, I kind of know what I'm doing. But yeah, I slipped my sidewall. And so it's like one in the morning. And I had a goal of getting to wherever and, and whatever goals or whatever, whatever they are. You kind of have to be adaptable. But but uh, I sliced a tire. I got it to seal finally. I had to use my finger and hold the crack and like wash the stuff over it and kind of like just to make it kind of clawed. I couldn't get it to clawed, but it finally did. And then uh, I slept for a couple hours and I got up and it held air overnight, but the tires were shit. And I was like, okay, well, when I get to, uh, to either Cranbrook or Kimberly, my goal was Kimberly, which was another probably six hours riding from where I slept. I'll, uh, I'll look at a new tire. And I made the decision. I looked at it when I got there and I was like, no, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to, I have, I have a tube, you know, and I've got lots of gorilla tape and boots and whatnot. So whatever. And I, and I, I could relate to that where you're just, you're riding, but you're just, you look at everything. You're looking at every little pointy rock and you basically nursed, I nursed those tires all the way home. And I, I kissed it when I got to the finish at like one, oh. one in the morning, I was just like, mwah, mwah, thank you tires. And I just, but yeah, you, you, you make these, deci- these decisions kind of on the fly but but without having all that experience backing me like riding and and i don't fly there i was running tubeless and i knew that they would seal and i had co2 and all that shit i was ready for it but uh that was a victory right it was like yeah i made it on these shitty tires and and um and i think yeah having that experience again going back to you could be physically ready but without knowing how to deal with certain mechanical issues like tire issues or whether I'm going to put a tube in it. Do I have to patch the, do I have to sew it up? Do I have to blah, 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 blah. Without having that experience that can only come by, by pushing the boundaries and breaking shit, right? Just going out and, and learning on the fly. And 
and it does only come through experience and you know you can only prepare so much have confidence in yourself know how to fix things um and, and you know like at this point in my career and life like like my experience is it's crazy how much experience i have nothing and really like, surprises you anymore i don't imagine no i'm not <laughs> I don't, like things don't like really surprise me and like i don't get overly i don't get overly excited over certain things over things anymore like at, at the same time like it's kind of a double-edged sword because like it's really hard to this is weird um when i finish events it's it's kind of uh it's kind of almost like not that big of a deal anymore kind of anticlimactic a little bit absolutely i mean i i feel great about it i mean i love my ride i feel super accomplished but it, it's just like you know like it's not it's not living with me for weeks afterwards like they used to like it's like okay yeah that ride's like over and done like it doesn't last long anymore um you know and that's kind of strange but i've been through so many of those feelings already um and so you know in a, in a yeah it's just strange like even like beforehand like i'm not nervous like i used to be like I'm anticipating mm. the journey and I'm super excited. Like, because uh, I'm excited because I, this is what I love to do, but uh, I'm not like nervous, excited. Like those butterfly things like aren't there anymore that way. And then the same goes with the finish. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's cool. You know? And like, I, it, it kind of like rumbles around in my head and I, and I look back on it for, you know, maybe a couple of days, but it's not the same. And like, I get to talk to a lot of people. And I see what happens with a lot of people, you know, through social media, blah, blah, blah. And like, I see these stories and people talking about their experience for months. And like, that's awesome. Like, I get that. I was there. I lived that for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but it just doesn't exist in me anymore. Um, and I, it's not a bad thing. I don't look at it as, ah, oh, you must be getting burnt out. You must be getting tired of it because I'm not. But it's just... It's just different for me. Yeah, it's a different experience uh, now that you've done in so many, right? Like it's yes, um, and and that's not a bad and thing. I still love... That's not a no, bad it's thing. not a bad thing, and I still love it, and it's still awesome. Um, and like I said earlier, it's like you know, I love like just talking around, and, and uh, I love hearing from other people mm. because then I, I'm just like that guy that's just kind of like. He's shaking his head. I'm shaking my head smiling mm. when somebody is telling me their story because I know. And they're telling me their feelings and they're telling me what happened to them. And, I'm, uh, and I just smile. Like, I don't say like, oh, yeah, I've been there. I just smile because I can relate. Yeah, I truly can relate. I've been there. Like, I know. I know this feeling. I know how bad this feels. Like, mm. you didn't. Like, I, I get that. Uh, and, and that's fun for me because maybe, maybe that's the way I'm reliving it now. You know, it's like, I rely on that to give me that feeling, um, that I don't necessarily get myself anymore. I don't know. It's tricky, man. Like life is such a trip, right? Yeah, sure is. <laughs> sure is. And like, uh, you know, uh, yeah, 
fuck i don't know <laughs> so along those along the that same vein of kind of like you know what you said not really necessarily being at the pointy end of the stick and you know as a as an accomplished experienced athlete you're finding ways to give back is that kind of what the fat camp's all about is about just kind of giving back oh, to the shit, community and like that's been super fun yeah you know i mean really honestly so yeah i mean fat pursuit has been going on for a number of years now and like you know that was a birth of advocacy that's like so fat pursuit was something like yep i would i love the fat bike race on snow but really it was an advocacy thing back then i was like pushing for like uh being able to ride our bikes to the trails and we weren't allowed and like okay i was like well i need to show like users i need to give experiences um and so like that's why i started fat pursuit basically was to kind of help with advocacy and that's been super fun and i just love to put on events anyway it's another it's kind of like another logistic challenge like a like doing an event yourself mm. uh and i like logistics and then yeah and then like that turned into fat camp and fat camp is like those are really satisfying for me um to get a group of people together that want to learn you watch them learn, you understand their goals, and then you get to watch their goals. Like, so I've been doing it for a few years now. And like, even this year, like, oh gosh, so, so, so good. Like, you know, there was a handful of people that went on to Nome this year after McGrath. We know if you paid attention to uh, the Iditarod, it was kind of a challenging year. Uh, first by pushing and whatever, snowstorms, this and that, I mean, kind of i would say kind of a typical year but a uh, challenging year and um but i looked at those people that were on route that were moving on uh i want to say there was i don't know if there was eight of them or something like that or whatever it was but i had i had impact on 75 percent of them uh several of them came to my camp couple of years ago so then i got to watch them grow over mm. these years and these people are friends uh campers clients people i consult with become friends uh i like to be personal that way i'll always answer questions and it's just how it is and so some of those people that were going on to gnome were, were campers uh one of them was somebody i just consulted with through skype uh and a handful of them come to my fat pursuit. And I know my fat pursuit is a big learning experience. And I am out there giving tips to everybody. And I love that. Yeah. And fun. so to watch that unfold in front of me uh, is really cool. Uh, and, and it's awesome. And then this year, another cool thing we did, like we've been doing fat camp which was held after the race, been doing that for a few years. And then this year we did fat pursuit camp and we only had a few people attend that, but, and that was meant for to be a couple of, it was only a couple of days long, but before the race. So I figured out, ah, let's try this platform. Let's set something up. that's only a few days long for people to acclimate. I can give them tips on the race themselves. And let's try to set these people up that are coming to the race. Let's try to set these up, these people up for success. It's kind of a line I like to use now. Set yourself up for success. And then I look at when I put on an event, I'm like, how do I set my participants up for success? How do I set my campers up for success? And so um, we had a few there and it was awesome. And they all did awesome in the race. 
but the only guy that finished the 200 miler this year and it snowed three feet of snow over fat pursuit weekend yeah so tough year but uh a fella you would like this from the northland a canadian came down he came to my he came to our fat pursuit camp and then did fat pursuit and he was the only one that finished the 200 miler who was it uh oh gosh oh no yeah, sorry i, I tested you <laughs> i know my buddy eric went down i think was there a was there a 60k one is that like a like uh, a, we did a 60k as well yes right. that weekend yeah um yeah. eric miller yes oh this yes. guy was eric ross i think he no, did no the shorter no no, one. no, but no. Gosh, i'm fucking terrible he's gonna bust me he's gonna listen oh, to this no. and, like, me for it. Yeah, i have my computer right here <laughs> um and he and actually, I I love him, and I'm bad with names, so I'll be the first to admit. But like, it was like he had his own story because, first of all, he had to convince me because he had no winter uh, call a resume. Okay. And I only I only I only let people do the 200 miler with with kind of a resume or outdoor experience, or they gotta sell themselves to me, and um, or otherwise they could do the 200k, which is no easy feat either so uh but a year in advance like he was the guy that was like emailing me convincing me let me do the 200 miler uh, well i don't know your experience you don't really have experience and, and he sold me and i'm a pretty easy sell and he told me he'd do the work he told me he had this experience and he was working at it he was traveling from canada he didn't want to spend this money he wanted to do the 200 miler he was so set on i was like come on down man and so he came down and then he was like, Hey Jay, you think I should do the camp too? I said, dude, I guarantee you it's going to help. Like, I just know this and I'm going to give you tips personally. I'm going to be teaching you. And so he came down. And so, you know, it was like, he sold me, he did the camp and then he finished and he did everything I told him to do. I was like, anyone who wants to plan And I announced this in the meeting, anybody who wants to finish the 200 miler, you must sleep the first night. He was the only guy, he was one of the only guys that slept the first night. And, uh, and he did these things and he was like, he's like, it was Eric. I was like, why'd you finish? He's like, because I told you guys, I felt committed to you and Tracy, my wife. That if I was to come here, I had to finish. Yeah, he voiced his intention, right? I intend to finish it. And that that's a mindset thing, and, right? For sure. And it was friggin awesome um so yeah i mean the camp uh the camps are just so so good awesome yeah uh, so that's 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 something that gives you meaning right so you can still yeah be involved and, like, and, and talk to people and and teach them and, and, and like and what and like you know this is like you know kind of like whatever after my like ordeal situation of last year and being kind of the whole drama scene with the tour ride and this and that, which led to whatever being let go from sponsor and kind of, uh, you know, it, it made me kind of reboot and understand really what I'm doing and thinking about things and what do I want to do moving forward. And like, um, I always said, there's like this, uh, you know, I put JP as like this, uh, this circle, right? Okay. He's in the middle. And then I have many facets that stem out from JP. And, you know, athlete is one of them. And like, I put a lot of weight on that for a lot of years. And I concentrated on that. 
And then there's another facet. I, I, I put on some events. I do a gravel race as well. And I put some, some effort into those, you know, but athlete was always the bigger effort. And then, you know, I always did a little bit of teaching and some consulting. I, I put a little bit of weight there, but never really advertised or talked about it. I would only do it for the people that reached out, but I, I had some people that would reach out every year. And I, you know, I consulted with people and, and coached them down the, 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 divide route and things like that and that's always been super satisfying to me and these aren't just racers these are just like touring cyclists and like i would text them along the way and give them tips and like you know so i've always had this like piece of me in that puzzle and like now i want to put more weight on that stuff um and not that i don't want to put weight on this athlete side of me like that's still there but i want to put more weight on the on the teaching side Mm. And the giving back side, mm-hmm. because I personally get more out of that, uh, and and that's pretty neat. And and honestly, maybe it makes sense when we step away, because because really, you could only give back once you have really gained all that knowledge. And I've gained a ton of that knowledge firsthand. Uh, I gained a lot of those experiences. And so you can't start in sport and think you're going to be a mentor from the start. That's something that earned just like this legend status. I'm hesitant. At it. <laughs> like being a mentor is also learned is also, you know, that's, that's, that's earned. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm in the space that I get to give that back. And like, so that's, that's where I want to put this weight now. And, you know, uh, you know, we've, uh, Years ago, my wife and I, uh, just for the heck of it, we, we well, actually needed to, to kind of put on our events too. You know, we went and got some guide licenses. Idaho is a different state and you kind of need a guide license and permits. And I got a couple of forest service permits and those things have always just like kind of sat static. And, you know, now it's like, I think it's time to kind of start putting those things forward and putting those in motion. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at with that stuff, like personally and in my space, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, when when that that adage where you know one door closes, another one opens, right? So it's it sometimes it takes something dramatic, which we're going to talk about here, and I, it, it, to to open to crack the door yes, to something I, better, right? Yeah, and I still love working with brands because, like, gosh, I've I've always been that guy that's like, yep, send me a product and I'm going to modify the product. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you guys did your engineering, like I'm cutting it up and like, I'm always pushing the boundaries of equipment. I'm always pushing the boundaries of ideas, uh, strategy approaches. And I've been at this a long time and I'm still messing with that, but I love to. Um, and so my brain is always turning that way, you know, like, uh, you know, I've always been something that, uh, you know, I think, uh, what's the word? Somebody who like, who's kind of a little bit of ahead of the time, um, thinks about things and does things before they gain traction before other people are doing them. You know, um, I, I see things before it happens or I've done things before it's happened. I've done it with like, I'll argue and say I did it with mid compact, uh, drive trains today. Uh, I've been building wide range and trying to cob shit together from my very first tour divide in 07. Like I've been pushing on that and bothering brands and like saying, yes, I want to do this. And yes, I need this. Oh, Jay, you're an individual. 
uh, people don't need that. Well, guess what? <laughs> Looks like a uh, wide range is a big thing nowadays. Yeah. And, uh, even with different like products and wider handlebars and drop bars and like different stuff that I've just always been ahead of. Uh, and there's a bunch and, and it's not necessarily hard goods. It could be strategy or ideas or whatever. Um, and, and that's, uh, that's another thing I'm really passionate about besides just doing sport is developing things within the sport. So I, I don't want that piece of me to go away. You know, I, I still, uh, I still look for that, even though I, I kind of talk about like this giving back part. I think that's a part of giving back too, is like, but just like still developing and trying new things. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, it's, it, you know, like you said, you have to have a passion to follow. And, and um, does the tour divide still hold meaning for you? Yes. Yes, it does. Cause I know you had a dramatic, a dramatic few months. I, I did, you know, I wonder, this is a funny conversation and, and I'm a super open dude uh, and I'm not afraid of hard conversations and that's okay for me. And I think that's a, that's a part about being an adult is facing certain things mm -hmm. and uh, just talking about stuff, but it's an interesting part of my life. And yeah, you asked me, does the tour divide still mean something to me? And I'm sitting here smiling big because it does. Yeah. And then I think back and I'm like, I wonder if that's because that's where I found my passion. You know, going back to that, because like, that's where I found my path. It seems to hold so much meaning. Like I haven't. So my plan, I turn fifty next year, next summer. So my plan is to ride the, to ride to Mexico next next summer. That's my plan, and uh, I, I hear people talking about it, and and it's almost like, um, almost has this cult following of deep meaning for people you know what i mean like when the people talk about it you can hear through their words and and you know their blog posts or just their one-off posts that it's just such a a life-shaping journey for a lot of people and uh and so and so so with that i can totally understand um i can understand the um the events of the summer i can understand your passion and, and, and kind of the way events went down. I'll, I'll tell you. So I usually follow the tour divide. I'm, I'm not like a complete maniac. Um, like I couldn't list stats and names and whatnot, but I do follow it. And I, cause I appreciate what people are doing out there. But what I noticed last summer is even before all this stuff went down with Lale and Rue, even before that, there was all this negative rhetoric, uh, posts and it, it i think it started to happen when people were hitting brush mountain lodge i don't know if you know but i talked to sofian when he was at brush mountain i reached out to him for a podcast and i did one for bike pack canada and so that was kind of the time when when all the bullshit about oh people are gonna quit because it's muddy and oh people are gonna do it and there's just all this negativity so to be honest i really pulled out of that because social networking i have a really I don't know. I have a weird relationship with social networking. It's kind of like a necessary, oh, a necessary evil, right? To, to, to oh, promote yeah. a quote unquote brand, which I guess, I guess I'm trying to build one for myself a little bit just as a, as a host and a conversationalist, but I really pulled back when, when, um, all the negativity started, started circulating around and it mostly happened, you know, mostly about the Brush Mountain Lodge and people scratching and 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 not pushing. I don't know, just people with no experience, kind of judging people who were deciding to scratch. And that's their that's their decision, in my opinion. 
if people want to scratch because they they were going for a record and it went by them and they're like, eh, like Sofiane was like, oh, they'll, I'll be, I'll do it again. Like he's probably going to come out and do it again. And, you know, it just wasn't his year. And, and he gained a lot of experience from that, right? Like getting lost in the mountains in the snow, a guy from Paris, you know, who's not used to that. Like he told me, he says, I was scared shitless, man. Like I was fucking scared. <laughs> and so I turned around and I went to Brush Mountain and people were like, oh, come on, man. Like, what's the problem? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, the problem is, is he hasn't had that experience yet. And he was scared and he wanted to live. <laughs> he wanted to be alive and he, he felt threatened. So he bailed. So for people to judge people on that, that's when I really pulled back. So, so I don't really know the full story of kind of what happened with with you and and that side of things do you want to do you want to kind of start talking about that yeah i mean yeah i mean i'm fine for me i mean it's not i mean i don't know if it will ever be old hat or whatever i mean it, it's it's unfortunate the whole thing i'll say that it's uh, I, I will say it's really unfortunate too because it's now it's now become a piece of history mm with tour divide that is pretty sad because there's still a ton of misleading information out there and that makes me sad um it doesn't make me sad because of what happened to me personally and uh all these accusations and just like honestly false information about me as a person like whatever i can like get through that and social media is just like such a weird thing and people talking about me that don't even know me and like that stuff like how that stuff came out is like very absurd very very strange like when you start to talk about like like the shit about the sexism and homophobic stuff like i don't even understand that stuff like i can understand it but like how is it, it nothing how is do. it re relevant to yeah it yeah. has nothing to do with this conversation yeah. and i'm not that and for the people that know me know like i have these people in my life like like i don't get that like i can't relate to that and i don't need to justify that because like i don't need to justify to people and and it's just not me like and the people that know know and like that's just a bunch of bullshit on social media whatever but what makes me sad is like that like there's material out there that like people are going to read and look at as the tour divide. So if you're new to this, you don't mm. know what the tour divide is and you watch like that film that they produce, like that's not a great representation of, of what the tour divide is. And it doesn't even Oh gosh, it's a bummer. It doesn't even explain what the tour divide is, yeah. um, which was my big thing, which honestly, like that's what it comes down to. Um, when this was going on, like I voiced like, okay, do you understand? You're like kind of breaching the rules. You're actually breaking the rule. Like I'm not against your project. That's not what that was. That's it was the like, sense I I'd have love for you to voice. Yeah, no, no, yeah, exactly. But no, like, and then like I sent private emails. I didn't do this shit on social media, mm -hmm. you know? And like, obviously my word has a lot, obviously it affected that. Like, like my words 
and what I represent obviously had some meaning to them, but they didn't want to accept that because the facts are the facts. And like you, there were rule, there was a rule being broken and like, I'm fine with that. Like I wasn't against that. I'm like, just voice that in the film, please. Hmm. Because you are super inspirational. A ton of people are going to watch this film, but it's important for the material that's going to be put out there for people to know the rules and what's going on. And like, like moving forward, that's going to affect the event. Like, do you think like down the road, we want a bunch of pro cyclists with like film crews out there? No, it's against like kind of, it's against, well, in, in her case, it was against the rules because she had someone like Lael or uh, Rue with her. And it, there was intention there, you know, there was regular following, regular runs. And like, again, I'm all okay with that. But please, like I was asking to like explain the rules. Go to the website. I don't care if it's stale. It's stale for a reason. Mm -hmm. But there's some like intentional language there mm -hmm. that is very meaningful. And take that shit to heart. Like that's what it really is. And like that's the only thing I wanted to explain. And like I actually even did an interview here with them. But that never got like talked about. That wasn't in the film. So now people are going to read this content and see this content and feel like that's what the tour divide is and people were against her for this and that wasn't the case and so that's what kind of makes me sad like and for me like this original question is like does it mean anything to me yes obviously it does um it meant something to me last year it will continue to mean something to me and i will continue to voice things about it i will continue to stand up for it hmm. uh i'm not afraid to do that and I did it privately, but, um, and I've done it privately before to people. Um, and, uh, you know, it's really important to know what that ride is, uh, to know the history of it. It's not like bikepacking races today. It's an original. It's by itself in its own class. It's the only one of its kind. It's the only self-run. It has a date. It's run by the people. People build spreadsheets. There's not a race director dictating this. There's a set date. We leave then. Um, and uh, I think where things get confused, people want more. They're looking for more out of it. People are asking questions about rules. Don't read into them. Like they're looking for an answer in a certain way like I, I read about it. i'm still a, like i'm connected to certain forums so i read different things what's going on like right now people are asking if there's gonna if if the if the grand depart's gonna be postponed and it's like no that's no it says right there it's the second friday of june it's been a self-run like it doesn't get postponed well this year might be a little go, different right? Like, right this year might be a little different it's in the end they're all personal decisions. Mm. If you want to go on that day, go on that day. If you want to go the next day, go on that day. Yeah. Like you don't need to, there's nothing more to follow. I don't know what the, why people need like these, these, these questions answered. And, and really like, I get it. Like, like Rue and Lael asked if they could do their project. 
And people ask when they're looking to, I think, uh, they're looking to give an answer of justification. So then they're not held responsible. Because then they can go back and say, someone can go back and say, well, so-and-so said I could. Well, so-and-so made this exception. Well, guess what? So-and-so, meaning that Matthew Lee guy, he's not the race director. And I don't care what people want to say. Like People want to ask him questions. He's a friend of mine. I talked to him yesterday. And we're talking about this stuff right now. And I am like, I'm very adamant about it. And I'm like, Matthew, stop answering questions. They're all answered on the internet right now. Like, do not give these people answers. Do not answer personal emails. There's no reason to. Because it needs to take that step. Because what happens when someone like, fuck it, what happens when Matthew Lee and I die? Okay? And I'm just saying I because, like, I voice a lot. And there's a lot of other people, athletes that are known, that believe exactly what I said last year, but will not stand up and will not voice publicly. And they're afraid or they don't want to get caught up. I get it. I'm sorry. I stand up for something I truly believe in. And so, okay, so let's like, and I'm always looking about the future. This is about the future. This is not personal. Like, I want this tour divide challenge to remain the way it is and to be so authentic. And to understand that it was this grassroots thing and, um, and it should be by yourself. And like, it doesn't need sponsors. It, there's not going to be a race fee. Like there's events out there that have all that and don't bring those events to this event because it's not that. Um, and, and so, so then, so I'm always looking to the future and then I say, okay, so, so we die. So then who are you going to ask, ask questions to? Who are these people that are new in sport? Like, no, just look. The website tells you everything mm. anyone needs to know, in my opinion. As long as you don't try to read beyond it. There's some very simple language in there. And don't look beyond that language. Uh, you know, solo self-supported means a thing. The word solo is something there. And, and respect the community. And respect your fellow other rider. And I do understand there is like maybe a bend, like called a bend or or called a called a push in the in the in the if there was a rope, and these are the rules. And if that rope's tight, I understand that rope kind of like lets down and gets like kind of pushed along because there is a difference. And I do understand. Like I love this challenge; it makes so much personal growth in people. And up, I know people in the mid pack and the end of the pack and they're riding together and maybe that's against the true spirit. And, uh, but we're not there to police that. Like, it's fine. They're getting their awesome experience out of it. And they, they, and the bottom line is like, they know the rules. They're not the ones that are like causing this, like, you know, like calling, like ruffling the feathers and things like that. But when it comes to like people that are voicing, they're there to set a record or people that are at the front. Yes. That rope is going to be taught. Mm. Um, have respect for previous record holders and others at that level. 
I don't know. Does this make sense to you? Or like, I, I don't think I'm being out of line. I just stand for something like, yes, I put a firm foot down and, um, and stand on that. But I, I, I also don't think I'm out of line with that stuff. Uh, trying to preserve something and a piece of history and follow this because like I said, like there's only one and there is no more. And all these people in the world want to create all these bike packers. They use tour divide as this example. And like, and maybe that's where the inspiration came from, but all these new events are not the tour divide. Like they have race directors. They have sponsors. Like there's race manuals. You want to start talking about the Atlas Mountain Race or Transcontinental, the stuff that Mike uh, Hall created or the, all this stuff. There is like insurance policies. There's race fees. There's like responsibilities. There's, there's uh, they're there for you. If you hit your button, if you break your leg, they're going to come save you. Like this is not, they're, they're not the tour divide. Yeah. It's a different, those are, uh, I, I would even classify them as a different, type of race especially given the fact that you're you know you're paying to get in there and then um and then yeah there's basically support vehicles around um so it's just a different event it, it feels a little it is. i don't know it feels a little i don't know in my inexperienced opinion it feels a bit safer like you know because there's people around you constantly like the 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 um, those events are awesome. Yeah, they're, they're, no, they're I'm not, awesome, and I, I agree. I think they're them. they're an amazing. Event. I fucking go to them. Yeah, but they're just different, and so yeah. like they're, they're, and people people need to under, understand the tour divide is not that, and it is this like it it is as grassroots as we can keep grassroots. Yeah, if we can keep grassroots, and so let's do that, and let's. As bike packers, and especially ones that have been around for a long time and know the history, let's promote that. Let's educate that. Like, there, there, I, I was trying, like, this is still coming to me. Like, I'm still trying to relate stuff to the situation so I can help educate. And one of the things that's been coming out, like, I, I told you, I kind of relate a lot of bike pack experiences to life. And, like, um, I was thinking, like, it's important to, to have a meaningful educational conversation with anything. It's important to know history uh, with things. Um, if we want to talk about like, you know, the constitution or, the way the world is today. Uh, it's important to know some history. Um, and I think for new people, anybody in general getting into sport bikepacking or has interest in Tour Divide, I think it's really important to kind of know some history with it. And that's going to help that person understand what it, what it means. And if that person has desire to actually do it, I think it's going to, it will, it will actually help give them that true experience that it was built on. And, uh, that's authentic. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, 
I, I was talking to my wife about this, about, you know, about you and who I'd be talking to and kind of trying to fill her in on the kind of on the history of the last few months and kind of what, what went down. And, and she was like, um, and this, this is, I've talked to a number of different events organizers, like, you know, Canadian ones, like, you know, Leonard Pretorius and Jonathan Hayward and Mark Sinclair and all these guys that are, that are arranging or, uh, um, promoting and developing events for themselves. And they, they all relate to that idea of like, I'm not the organizer. I'm not the organizer. I'm just the guy that puts out the resources, you know, because there's that legal kind of thing about organizing races. So I was trying to explain to my wife, it's like, well, well, Matthew Lee is, he's not the organizer, right? He's like, he puts the resources out, you know, he's not the race director. He puts the resources out. And, and it was really hard for me to, to relate, relate it to my wife because I was even having a, hard, a little bit of a hard time. She goes, well, if there's rules, then who's going to enforce the rules? And I said, well, the people, right? The people enforce yeah. the rules. And with social networking, obviously that becomes a lot more, um, that becomes amplified because, you know, for people to dispute anything, it's instant. It's like, bang, it's out there right away. It's not like you're phoning Matt and going, I don't know about this. And then it slowly works its way out. It's fucking instant, right? So, you know, you said, you mentioned, um, having difficult conversations. I mean, a little, a little part of me is, is um, apprehensive about us having this conversation just because of the way th- oh. the world is right now. Right. And so what I wanted you to freaking ask, kidding me? Yeah. I'm going to ask it, you know, I don't think this is that challenging of a question, um, but I would imagine that you feel the same way about um, Lael's film, Mike Dion's film, um, Josh Ibbett's film like would you, you do you feel the same way about those films because it was Josh right okay, Josh so, Ibbett that so, film okay. so, so let's so and this becomes like a thing of knowledge right and I, and this sucks because like I'm someone that I might have too much knowledge and I might I might know too many things I might know too many personal conversations I might know too many personalities I might know everyone as an individual. Okay. And so when we talk about history, some of this stuff is super important. And then, gosh, my, my, my brain's going all over, but uh, there's also a difference between like, <laughs> there's also a difference between like uh, journalism being put out by a journalist and a publicist putting out material a publicist puts out material to defend and or promote a person a journalist puts out material that just is newsworthy they try to put out two sides to a story and they fact check okay i'll throw that out there first because that was something that was never done with me. That was no, that was something that was never done with the Rue article on the Radivis. Do you see the resemblance here? And that was also something that was done with that movie. People are going to either hate me for saying that or love me. But guess what? It is what it is. Because none of that stuff was fact-checked. And then there was a lot of people sticking up for certain things that they maybe shouldn't have been. Uh, and then there was a lot of promotion as opposed to just news journalism. Okay, so that's one thing. 
Going back earlier, I said something about history, knowing too much. The Mike Dion film was something very early on. So all these things have a, have a very individual story to them and different ideals behind them. And Mike Dion's film certainly put the divide on the map. And let's just say we didn't know what we know now, then. It was a pretty new thing. And there was no intention with that film. There was zero drive behind it. There was no, back to the intention, there wasn't like, there wasn't a plan behind it. It was kind of like thrown together, let's just call it a shit show. Let's just show up and see what we could do. And that's what produced that. Um, there wasn't regular run-ins, and so there was no plan. And that is very, 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 very different than what was done in 2019. That was a sponsored film. There was money involved. Uh, very intentional on one particular rider uh, to the point of like being organized with other people and e-bikes and all this. That's a very, very different thing. Uh, and so, so that's one thing. And so do I feel differently about that film? No, that was, that was a bit of history there for sure. That, that inspired a ride. Very, very different though. Cause people tend to use um, that as a, that? as an in for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, you it's, know? and it's, and it's wrong. It shouldn't be used as that. Like, let's face it. We can't, gosh, people want to do that. Just like they want to like, like bring out my, like my three minute video. Like they yeah. want to like use that as another piece of like, they want to relate things to that and use that as like, it's, this is all like justification, right? Like let's justify my project by putting blame or calling in these other projects. Well, like first let's understand these projects first to see if we can use justification for that. Like, because like, as I explained that, that, that ride the divide was very different. No mean like, so like, don't try to use that as justification. It doesn't compare to the intent intention that was of, of the film last year. And then, okay, so then we, you bring up the Josh Ibbett thing. Okay. Um, can, can anybody find or know, did, did Josh Ibbett announce before the race that he was going out there to intentionally break the record? Did, no. Did he announce anywhere that he was going out there with a film crew? No. Nobody knew anything. Nobody knew about the Josh Ibbett thing until afterwards, until during. So to use this, that afterwards, like nobody knew about it. Are you kidding me? When I found out about it, do not think I was like, yeah, Josh, you fucked up. <laughs> well, the, and like, the thing is, Jay, is that that, that was never, about, that was never discussed, right? It's like, it seems to be the focus has been on the. Yeah, nobody knew about it because no one knew yeah so if you don't know like if i would have known about that i would have been like if i would have known about that the week before like i would have sent him a note yeah so so that like, that's basically the point i'm and, getting and, and at is bit, is what I, what i'm getting at is that you the, what the tour divide means to you doesn't just 
didn't just affect your opinion in, into what Lael was doing, but it also affects your opinion on what Josh was doing. So what I'm trying to establish is it's, it's not a, it's not a sexist thing. It comes from a place of, it comes oh, from, not. no, right. It, and I feel the same way. I'm, I'm trying not to share too much opinion because again, there's so many different sides to, to everything, but totally. you know, the, the baseline is that um, there are rules to the, to the, to the tour divide, there are rules that were established years ago. Um, and that when the rules are broken, you are going to be a voice in opposition to that, regardless of whether they're pro or whether they're male or female or whatever other gender or whether they're, you know, it, cause my opinion and, and my wife, again, going back to my wife, we watched the Josh Ibbett movie which was fucking fantastic because it really showed a glimpse into like what the last scene of that is him riding to antelope wells like he's got like 50 miles to go and he looks like he's just wants to collapse he's like you know he laid it all out so in in the respect of the quality of film it was a it was a great film and i think it exposed maybe a bit more of a real side to the td than than other films i've watched in the past but sorry i digress but what I'm trying to establish is that your opinion is the same, regardless of, of whether it was. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and like, that's like another bummer thing because I believe in, uh, I believe in like, I just want to ride. I believe there was a statement of like, well, there was another person out there with a film crew and nobody was saying anything, but that was because nobody knew mm. like Josh didn't announce to the world. Like, so do you, like, do people understand that when they post to social media, they're announcing to the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. And like, it wasn't announced to the world that like he was going out there with a film crew and there to set the record. Okay. And so like, but that stuff was kind of like, not kind of like was announced by Lale and Rue. So like, that's how the world knew about what they were doing. The world didn't know about this. It's that and adage so, where it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Right. Cause it, cause if they just went out, if they just went out and did it, you know, it, it might've, this, this whole outcome might've changed. Right. Uh, but, I mean, we could do the would have, could have, should have, yeah, and course. like substitute things yeah. for everything. And like things yeah. would have been much different. Like I feel it's like, like if Josh, if Josh that. announced to the world, if he said, Hey, Lael, I'm doing one too. I'm going to do a movie too. Awesome. We'll see out there. It's going to be great to see and like like i say the films were awesome but they broke the rules right that's kind of the bottom line right yeah yeah especially when it's on an individual like that and like i'm not saying like well, maybe i am saying maybe the tour divide should never be filmed again but like like the intention of that with someone when you have regular run-ins like like it's true like there again we talked earlier about like i could just i could just smile when relating to a lot of these things and laugh because like, I know, and like, like um, running into humans and especially someone that, you know, is like uplifting. There is such thing as like emotional support. Mm -hmm. That's not like part of the challenge of these, especially the tour, especially a, uh, a bikepacking race in length. Um, part of the challenge is solo, like in your own mind, in your own thoughts, not seeing a loved one. That is, that is, that is the intentional challenge. Mm -hmm. Like riding your bike is the challenge, but like, no, this is 
Believe it or not, this is part of the challenge. We want you to be challenged by not seeing your loved ones. And just to give you Maybe some needs to be written down an example of, of you know, <laughs> the quote unquote boost. Right. Um, so, again, going back to that lost elephant race, I did. There was one guy. on. Do you know Aaron Weinsheimer? Lives in Salida. Yes. Works for Oveja Negra. Um, yes. He was touring the route in front of me while I was racing it. So I was slowly catching him over time. And we actually met in, in, in Invermere. We did a podcast and uh, I saw his track. And this is the this race went into it was super remote like way up in the purcell mountains like really far from shit and there were some sections that were really remote and there was this bushwhack and i could see him i could see his path plowing through the bush right that was a boost just to just to know that aaron yeah just to know that aaron was in front of me and he i could see the i could see the matted grass where he had he he'd ridden the day before and then i could see his plow mark through the bush i was like oh you smiled i went oh aaron <laughs> man i'm so glad that you're he almost lit the way because you know you're looking at your gps and like really i gotta walk through that but well someone did so here i go kind of thing right it was a boost and, and you know like there's a reason i've done like a couple of itts on a divide you know it, it you know i mean at the time i was chasing record but like, like i also wanted to do it by myself like there, there is like, uh, you know, leaving with the grand apart, like, and competing against people definitely drives a competitor. Mm -hmm. Like you will go harder to try to be in front of that person. So like, you know, doing an ITT, like takes it to another, like, uh, it, it brings on another challenge. And, um, I was doing some writing or answering a question for someone not too long ago. And we can learn a lot from like the climbing world um, or even the running world and things because they do, you know, this, the climbers are doing all these new routes and different things and the runners, you know, this FKT thing is really popular now, but that community and those people talk about it with, with like much more clarity, I think. And with much more respect to each other. And so when a climber, especially in the climbing community, because like those guys are like, I love climbing. But like, and they, um, you know, okay, so this guy went and climbed this with some ropes. Okay, well, so-and-so just went back and climbed it with no ropes. All right. Uh, but with another guy. Okay, well, this guy just went and soloed it in the dark with a headlamp. And, like, they talk about it much better. And, like, they're always looking on up in the ante. They're not looking at ways to, like, when they go after, like, a new route, to, like, they look to try to make it harder. They're not looking to make it easier. Right. And they're not afraid about talking about it. Like, they say exactly what they were doing. And I don't know why, especially <laughs> with recent happenings and things, I don't know why uh, the Tour Divide in particular, or yeah, Tour Divide in particular, doesn't uh, take on those same ethos or that same idealisms. And I think we should, you know, like, because like when I was having this conversation, I was like, 
yeah, I mean, uh, you know, God bless Rip My Call. Gosh, like, he's, he owns the Tour Divide record. And, like, you know, he did it with, like, let's call it style. Like, that's what we call it. There's a style. That's what they do in, bike, uh, in climbing. And, like, yep, has the record. We know he did it uh, without a phone and without looking at track leaders ever. Like, and I will always say that when somebody talks about the record, I bring that up because like, okay, you want to challenge that record? Like challenge it and tell and like, say how you're going to do it. Are you, are you challenging it? Like, I like, fuck it. Like I'll beat, I'll beat. It doesn't matter to me. Like, are you going to challenge it with a film crew that's following you? Just say that. Are you going to challenge it? As an ITT with food drops, say that. Are you going to challenge it with never walking into a convenience store and only sending your food to post offices? Now I might say you just one-upped it. Challenge it. And that's all I'm saying. Well, and like, I think that would be cool if we could like kind of like start to think about that. So does that open up the door? Like you've been talking to, to Matthew. I actually reached out to Matthew. Um, I know he's been busy, just came back from Alaska, but I wanted to talk to him about just about what his thoughts are, not about what happened last summer, but just thoughts with the pandemic and how he's going to handle uh, we have the a race. conversation going on right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> tell him, I mean, when you talk to him again, remind him because I, I really like to talk to him and not about, not about all this kind of negative rhetoric, but just, just about, you know, what the future looks like next year for the tour divide. That's but, what we're talking about. And that's what, yeah. that's what I'm having a conversation with him about is like, you know, with what happened, like, how can we, Matthew, like, I need you to step away. I need you to stop answering questions. Like this needs to be mm -hmm. a self-run thing. You haven't been involved. People think you're involved, but you haven't been involved in years, dude. Yeah. But you cannot let go. Yeah, I mean, I think there's got to be some, there's got to be some, uh, some, someone to follow or someone to look to for, for either advice or for uh, answers to questions. Like my, my question to Matthew and, and you, because you're both in conversation would be, yeah, would be, should there be different um, um, accomplishment kind of scenarios? So it's like, you know, I'm going to challenge it with no electronics paper maps, um, solo self-supported, or I'm going to challenge it with, you know, and I'll have a device. You know what I mean? Like it's so gray because, cause like even just picking up the phone and calling somebody is a boost. Right. So, and what you said about the way Mike Hall tackled it with style and just complete grassroots effort. Um, I'm wondering if the tour divide now needs, um, um, categories, no, 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 no. But you know <laughs> so what I mean? You know what I mean, though, right? Like, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, 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 I do know exactly what you mean. Yep, and um, I see that kind of question, like, on the forum and stuff like that, and it's like, no, why? Like, let's face it. This is just a bike ride. <laughs> we should all be doing this for, we should all be doing this for fun. Yep. There is no prize money. Like, it doesn't need categories. If you want to create a category, go ahead and talk about it. But guess what? It's not going to be a category on the tourdivide.org page. It's not what it is. Right. Like there is no organization here. We're not going to do that. But if you want to do that and talk about that, go ahead. When I talk about 
the FKTs and this climbing world that does this, like there isn't a website that is giving a category of the free solo, the rope climber, the aided climber. Like it's not there. Like why is it? Like that's like, I guess that's my bigger question. And and maybe this is like, I know like this is part of it too. It's like growth in sport, but it's also like, honestly, it's like a demographic of age and um, these different, um, you know, whatever we call them millennials, this and that. And, you know, uh, you know, um, like, it doesn't need to be like listed and put down on paper or a website. Like that's what the organizer events for. Go do one of those. They have categories. Go do an event that has the pairs. Go do an event that has single speed. Like go do that. If that's how you need to be recognized, that's not how this event is recognized. But if you, it's not saying you can't do it that way. My point is do it that way and talk about it that way. Right? Like, it doesn't matter. Okay. So, okay. So then we give you a pat on the back and you get more likes on social media, whatever that is that like boosts that. But the, the bottom line is the word will get out like, yeah. Okay. Yep. The single speeder dude did it that way. Like, yep. That's, that was, that's what's going on. And that's why I say you just ask the community because like, if you don't know what that record is, someone in the community will, if you don't know, like what you should be doing, if you're questioning something, and not sure of something, uh, first of all, just in worldly and everyday life, uh, generally you probably shouldn't be doing it. But uh, if you need to ask, just ask the community. Somebody's going to answer. And it doesn't have to be somebody in particular, but I think it will get answered. And if someone doesn't feel it was, is right, somebody else will kind of chime in. And it will work out. Like, I truly believe it will work out. And then in the worst case scenario, we all just step back and be like, okay, what's the basics here? Let's get down to the basics. Mm-hmm. Oh, do we need to, like, go back to that basic website again? Like, a lot of people, like, I, like don't know that. Like, don't read that or don't take it seriously. Or they're just trying to read between the lines. So, like, there's no more development that needs to be had, honestly. Like when I talk with Matthew Lee about it now, like they're, he is getting questions about categories and he's just like, no, we don't do categories. I'm glad I asked because um, I don't, I don't really feel it should be categorized as well. I think, no, I think, no, it's you know, it should, it I, should be. I, I think we're at a point now that like, like people need to stop thinking and emailing Matthew Lee thinking he, like we're at this point. It's done. Like stop. Because all the information's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we're far enough along that he already doesn't answer a lot of questions, but then he does answer some. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, 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 no. Like, ignore it. It's, it. It will work out. Because he's been so removed from it and hasn't done it in so long. And he's not a social media guy. So he doesn't even know what's going on like through some of these questions within Facebook or these different forums and things like he doesn't know. And better for it, to be honest, yeah. Oh, it's way better for it. Like, (laughs) you know, how many times do you know? Like, ah, like right now you're telling me, oh gosh, I'm trying to get in touch with Matthew. Like, and he won't come. Like, there's a million people that are in your same boat. 
But then he will answer certain people. And it's like this whole like letter of intention stuff. Like that was fun for a while. Like, but it's kind of, if you want to write that letter, go right ahead. Like, but you don't need to do that. Like people like think they need to sign up for the race. You don't need to do that. Just show up. I've never signed up. I've never put my name <laughs> down in the spreadsheet that somebody else made. That's fine. That's super fun. And that's what I'm saying. Like the people run it. And if that's what they want to do, they can, but everyone doesn't need to like partake in that stuff because the website has it all. And the information's there. Like you could leave at 11 o'clock on the second Friday. You don't have to leave at eight o'clock. Like, um, and, and I think we're to that point. It's just like, let it be. Yeah. And, uh, and it needs to be one of those things because we are far enough, enough along now. It's amazing. It's history. Mm -hmm. It's legendary. It's put bikepacking on the map. Um, everyone knows about it. Like now it just needs to really truly be that thing yeah. and stop trying to change it. Um, or try to, or stop trying to make more of it than what it really is or what it's supposed to be. It's just like I said and in an email to you, it's like, it just started as a bunch of dirt bags riding their bikes to Mexico. Hey dude, I bet I can get there faster than you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And now it's just blown and up. Gosh, into this why, big can thing. It, why can't it just remain that? I mean, it's, yeah. it's like, that's the beauty yeah. because there is no more. And even these events, like you were talking about, there's like, there's all these new events that are like taking place and people like, they, they kind of organize them, but guess what? They kind of are like the RD, you know, like I know we want to try to throw like, um, and we do, we, we throw like Colorado trail race, uh, as well as Arizona trail race. We throw that into like the category of tour divide. There were some early ones, right. Mm -hmm. And they kind of go by some of that, the same ethos and things, um, same rules and guidelines, but over the past few years, like, you know, we know Scott Morris has been kind of, kind of running that show and answering some of the questions for Arizona trail. And I believe, don't quote me on this. Um, I believe that is no longer happening. I believe it's just a date now. Just step back um, from it all. And I, I, I believe he removed himself and says, now this is just it. And that's awesome because like, now we're going back to the roots. Like, Okay, like, no, nope, yeah. this is just this is just a thing. And if you just want to do it, then this is what you do. And if you want to leave with other people, this is that so-called quote unquote grand depart date. And then um the Colorado Trail race was uh I'm sorry, like it definitely follows all that ethos, but like uh I know now Hefe is answering those questions and he kind of has uh kind of taken that torch, so to speak. And that still makes them slightly different. Because there is somebody that's chiming in and, and they are going to voice because they are on social media and they do do that. And that's great. There's nothing against that. Like, that's awesome because we actually need someone in there to kind of like monitor some of that stuff. But the, the, the tricky thing is with the tour divide, Matthew is not monitoring that stuff, which is part of the problem. So either... It's one of those things like Matthew, you're either going to come in and monitor this bullshit and like talk to all these people 
or you're not at all. There's no just like selective monitoring. No, I think it would almost be valuable for, and I'm not speaking for Matthew at all, but it would almost be valuable for him to just maybe from time to time, just put out a, just a statement to, to reflect that, just to reflect that, look, you know, here's the date, here's the thing, here are the rules. I'm trying. You know, like, <laughs> you know, cause I think it's important. Like I, I, I completely appreciate how, he probably doesn't even have time to to be organizing the 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 tour divide and and all the all the information that needs to be provided and and whatnot. Um, he probably doesn't have time to do that. But I think it would be valuable just to put out. A, he doesn't do that. No, but if he were to, like, there's just yep. no time, right? He wouldn't be able to really fully organize something like that. Anyway, he probably doesn't have time. No. But I guess my point is, like, if he if he put out a statement <clears throat> just to say. You know, just like we've just been talking about for almost two hours. It's like, here it is. Here's the date. Here's some options. Here are the rules. Um, have fun. Go out and just have fun. And you know what? Something else I think he should add, you know, coordinate on on social networking. But for Christ's sake, just be polite, right? And be uh, honorable and be kind because that's the problem with social networking is, you know, someone will say something and then people just jump on them. It's so divisive sometimes. And, uh, or they'll ask a question and some, I've seen some responses of people like, Oh, that's been talked about. Fuck. Oh, why are you asking this question again? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you know, there's new people out there and they want to get involved. And if as a community of, of bike packers, which, you know, I feel super privileged to be part of uh, this group of people, um, just be kind, like be kind and help one another. Right. Yeah. That's it. Unfortunately, social media doesn't, uh, doesn't allow for all that. And, uh, in general, in general, I would say like the people that are involved are like kind and encouraging. Oh, most and, of them, this, most of them, sure. 99% yeah, of them. But, for sure. the, it's, it's the people that have never done it. And it's the outside people that really like we've never done the tour divide done a bike packing race. They're maybe just fans of certain individuals. And then those are the people that can be toxic in the community. Totally. Um, and, and that's just, you know, that's just the world we live in now between social media and things. And like, you know, and honestly, like that's how I got freaking let go from like salsa is because of a freaking a bunch of, community that knows nothing and that is chiming in and making me look like a turd like and and i I would like to add to it again i've i'm I'm treading lightly through this topic but um that was that was the catalyst of which was a private email (laughs) yeah (laughs) right yep so i'm just gonna say that and it's like you know you and i had some conversations uh, via email and I told you out front it's like this is nothing's going to leave this email like I would <laughs> never presume to it, to spread um, information especially out of context not that, uh, not that that was uh, I mean I have no idea I'm not a legal person or anything but like we all see at the bottom of some emails where it says please do not share this email this is legally bound between like it actually made me put one of those at the bottom of my signature yeah. And like, I don't know what that is, but like, I found one and like actually copy and pasted from another lawyer. So it was like, ah, I guess I should just put this here because 
like my yeah. email got to like shared around and like that's super weird yeah uh uh but anyway yeah what a world <laughs> yeah so like i say I, i'm you know treading lightly through this through this this terrain it's kind of been hard to navigate because uh, i don't want to i have no i have no um loyalty to to any side i just i come out here just wanted to share stories and try to try to get down yeah get, get the information right and and totally. um, it's good. And I would, I would talk to Rue and Lail anytime, anytime I would talk to them and I might reach out to them too and talk to them. I actually hung out with them at the bikepacking, uh, bikepack Canada summit. They won't. Hey, well, no, they won't talk to me. It's unfortunate because you had said in, in uh well, I was listening to the gear junkie podcast and you know, I, you know, you considered them, you know, you're, you're, your compatriots in bikepacking. They were your kind of part we, of your community. So we tried and, sitting down. Yeah, we actually, uh, the gear junkie actually, uh, we were actually, it just so happened like we were all in Denver at the same time because uh, they were on their little tour with the film and like I was down there for some other business and like, you know, we were, we were all asked to come on the gear junkie together. Oh yeah. And, uh, and I was all for it. I'm a pretty forward, easy guy. And, uh, they didn't want to have anything to do with it and said they just wanted to forget about it and not talk about that situation anymore. You know, for them, it's over. Yeah. Um, it didn't affect them. It affected me, like, yeah. but I'm okay to face it. Like, it's okay. Uh, so I did a podcast one day and then she came in the next day. Right. And like, you know, there's just like other things that are just like really weird behind the scenes that like, you know, I truly believe like it's okay. Uh, well, you're smiling, right? Yep. And and you know, um, oh, yeah. when when one door closes, another one opens. So tell me about Rodeo Labs. Rodeo Labs, cool guys, man. You know, um, you know, as a when I start to talk about that athlete role thing and like uh, me looking when I look for brands or when I always have it, my whole like that whole side of me like has always just been like very natural and built on relationships and stuff like that. And so when I, uh, when I was kind of like, just like looking at bike brands and things, what kind of bikes do I want to ride? Like I have a pretty good finger on the pulse of what's out there and different bikes. Like I'm a dork. I, I pay attention to <laughs> what people are putting out. And, uh, I, I, I seen that, uh, that trail donkey that they had before Kyrgyzstan. And, and I was like, well, I'm not going to ride this prototype. I cutthroat in Kyrgyzstan. That's just weird. You know, these guys just like took mm. me out like garbage. That's not going to happen. And so then, um, I was looking around and like see different things. And like, honestly, it was like the only, like first it was like the bike. I was like, cool. Look at these features. Ah, that's pretty rad. And then I start to look at the brand. I'm like, God, these guys have a cool personality and wow. Like they're marketing. I like what they're saying. They're pretty genuine and they're like really into this and they're good writers. And like, uh, so then, uh, I had the introduction to the owner. We just, a uh, small, small company, right? A handful of guys. And, um, we just started chatting and yeah. So then they let me, they gave me a bike to use for Kyrgyzstan. And then we, we've had some business conversations and some partnership conversations. And like, honestly, like, like we're not there. Like I wouldn't say like, they're not a sponsor. I wouldn't call them a sponsor. We don't, we didn't put anything in ink. We just like, we don't have any, even a general agreement. We just like, we talk, we've talked about agreements, but 
honestly, there was a few times like where both of us like responded to each other and like, ah, let's just put the brakes on this. Uh, ah, maybe we're not ready. Let's get to know each other a little more. Um, so that's where I'm at with them. And like, uh, I like the guys. They're great. I like their bike a lot. I just use it in Atlas as well. It's pretty rad. I know they want to make uh, some new bikes. So like if I had, you know, if the opportunity was there to kind of influence another bike, like that's what I want out of a brand. Like I'm not, I don't go look for, for, for product sponsors or a bike sponsor, especially a bike sponsor just to go get the product. Yeah. You want to collaborate, right? I want to like be like, I, I call them partners. Like, I want to have a relationship with you, man. Like I want to be able to talk to you. I want to give you my opinions on things. I want to be able to give you my insight on things. I travel a lot. I come across a lot of people. I go to a lot of events. I, I would say I have a pretty good finger on the pulse of seeing what's happening, what people are using, what's driving some of the market. Like I have a lot to give back besides all my experience. And so like, I want to be involved with a brand. I want to have impact. What I did with my previous was I feel really fortunate about with like the impact I've had with that brand and like what I have done in the bikepacking world in general and what uh, the influence and inspiration I've been able to deliver through that, I feel super fortunate about. But guess what? Now I want to do it like even more so on a bigger level and be able to have that relationship with a brand that can do that. Um, and so that's, that's just kind of like where I'm at. And like, and if I can't do that, then, you know, it's not the, like, not the right relationship, right? You got to find it, that relationship. It's not the right thing. And like, I can just like go buy a bike, right? Like I can go and source a different thing. And like, there's, there's plenty out there and there's all these niche brands now that have some really cool, fun stuff. And like that stuff will fill my void and I could test that. Like, but I want to be involved yeah. is what it comes down to. Cool. And, you know, but like, I appreciate the, those radio guys are cool. And like, I, I would say I've already had some influence with them and I had helped get some of their name out there. And, and that's, that's kind of cool. And like, you know, and like I, you know, at the very beginning of this uh, podcast we were talking about, I, I mentioned, yeah, it's a pretty tough time to be doing business right now. Yeah. Like, you know, like, so and that's where we're at. And that's okay. Because if I could just continue to build a relationship with people like this is going to come behind us and, and we'll see if something becomes of rodeo. Um, but great guys, couple of cool bikes. I mean, I would, I endorse it. Awesome. I, I would, I encourage, I encourage it. And that's about where I'm at with them. You know, well, that's good. Uh, you're just getting yeah, started too. My, like you're just getting started. So, you know, what the future may hold is yet to be revealed. So it's exactly. great. Exactly. And I'm not afraid to have those conversations and I'm going to continue to have those conversations because like, I know what it means for me, like right now, like I do know how I do want to be involved with a brand. And like, if I can't, have it then, then then that's okay then i just move on i'm still yeah. gonna do what i do yeah it's just a different landscape right keep moving uh, forward right yeah you know i mean it's my tagline right ride yeah. forward and like and uh and i am a hundred percent stronger i know a ton more than i did months ago and uh i could just smile with that for right now for whatever the situation is so what's next for you? What's what's the next six months through the summer hold for oh you? Oh my 
Dude, can anybody answer that? <laughs> hey, I guess that's kind of a stupid question, isn't it? Oh, I'm going to hang out at home and uh, smoke weed and drink beer and work on my bikes. <laughs> totally. Fuck, I'm, running lo- I'm fucking running low on all those things. Oh, shit. No, but anyway. Uh, but no, really, uh, like I said earlier, like I had so much going on. Like, you know, I was going to do this kind of this big European travel with I had a bunch of things in Italy and Romania, like, that was cool. And that was like, like it was, but that's all changed. And then like two weeks ago, I was like, Oh, okay, well maybe I'll, I can go do this and that, but now like more lockdown. And so like, it's constantly changing. And honestly, like as of this week, and I think, I, th- I think this is right. Yeah. If I, you know, without predicting future, um, I do believe we're going to be in this situation for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the world is not going to be settled. In, in my opinion, the world will not be 100% settled until there is a vaccine. That's yeah. a long ways off. Sure is. Um, we are all going to be super skittish and uneasy. Work will come back into place with more policy, more mm-hmm. cleansiness, more masks. Some work will. Some probably work won't. I don't think we're going to be seeing um, gatherings of hundreds and thousands of people like it's not like that switch is going to get turned down and now all of a sudden we can go to the event with like 3000 people yeah. we can't go to that festival we're not going to be able I'm sorry for all these people that are like uh postponing thing things until like the fall I'm sorry I don't see that shit happen like sea otter what are you, you going to yeah. let like thousands and thousands of people all of a sudden get together I just don't see it happening yeah. and guess what I think I've accepted I'm not going to put myself in those situations I don't want to be around those people. Um, and so uh, what does my next few months look like until there is some ease? You know, I've traveled more than six months out of the year the past several years. That's a shit ton of time to be away from home. I have an amazing backyard. <laughs> yeah, Idaho is incredible. Yeah. We have some of the most public lands here. We ha- I have an amazing backyard. And I'm looking forward to adventuring in Idaho because I've missed out on a lot of that. I missed out on a lot of just like fun rides with individuals and friends. Small little grass root, root rides out of my backyard. And I am like really now excited for that. And like there's some stuff here in our state that's really cool to explore. And like, that's what I'm looking forward to. And I do believe like I could still do what I did without having to leave my backyard. I could still be an athlete. I could still endorse product. I could still create more ideas right here. And I could still educate and do those other things that I want to do on that level right here. I don't need to go anywhere. And that has me pretty excited. Um, maybe I used to run a lot and uh, use those, that time differently, but now it's right here. And, uh, and, and that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. And that's what I want to do for the summer. There's a couple of really cool routes here. There's actually a seven. I just found this new route. There's something called the tour of Idaho. And it's really cool because it's actually 
it's a motocross, it's a motorcycle route. Oh, okay. And when it, it's actually super cool because when you read the like, it's a super stale like old website, kind of like the Tour Divide. Yeah. And when you read the first couple of statements, it's like it reminds me of like the spirit of the Tour Divide. It's like this is a totally self-supported solo thing. Only a handful of riders get to do it every year. Here's the deal. This is the and it's awesome. Sounds like but, a future event. A Sounds like rap. it could be a future event, eh? Dude, my brain's been just like looking at this because like no one's done it by bike yet. And they have a couple of different versions. Like there's this like rowdy like moto version, like is literally like that's probably mountain bike, definitely mountain bike version. And then there's like a dual sport version. So dual sport version to me means like tour divided esque and gravel mm -hmm. riding. Mm -hmm. And there's it's seventeen hundred miles long. Damn. Just in our state. Is that a big loop? And I'm like, I, no, it's a, it's a, it's a corner to corner Okay. and it doesn't backtrack or anything. It's like, it has me like, kind of like, like, that's where, like, that's where I'm digging. That's where my mm. map is right now. That's what's, that's what's pinned on my wall right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I see. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, and so maybe that's the project and that's probably a couple of year project, but like shit like that in my backyard. I, yeah. I think I need to go see that and understand that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, so, man. That's and, great. And there's, there's, there's no, there's so many opportunities out there, no matter the state that we're in. And we just need to find them and be a little bit more creative. And uh, that's challenging for everyone at this time. Um, but being positive and just, you know, following my own tagline, like, that's all I could do, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to normal and I'll be excited to like be around people and do the grand departs and things like that. Um, I, you know, and I was seriously thinking about doing the tour divide this year, you know, and, uh, it, I, you know, that's not happening. I don't no. want to, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, you just wrapped up the entire podcast perfectly. Just telling people to go and awesome. play in their backyard you know, it doesn't mean you have to oh, sit yeah. inside and, and watch Netflix constantly. You can get out there, work on projects, you know, like I've kind of secretly hoping I get laid off so I can really put a lot of energy into the podcast, but you know, get creative. And I, and I, yeah. You got to be creative. And you know, I think we all need to understand. And I know there's like, you know, like there's going to be economy problems and people are going to be in some financial problems, but like, you know, we're all in this one together. And I think that's the difference between when we have like kind of like a little bit of an individual problem or struggling on our own. Like we really need to like really look around and be like, we're all in this together uh, and we're all in the same fight. So whatever I'm feeling, you're feeling and we can communicate. And we just, this is, this is a big one to really like support each other. in. And like, like you said, like closing it up with just like, playing in our backyards like that's not a bad thing uh and getting back to the basics and soon enough like we're gonna climb back out of the hole like and like you know relating to the bikepacking experiences yep you know we have big mountains to climb and then we have big downhills to go down and uh right now we're still climbing a mountain but there's gonna be a downhill sooner or later jay i'm so stoked that we connected today and uh it was you good too, it was super good to get to know you and i consider you my uh one of my good American friends now. And I hope that we can Thanks, buddy. get together and, and ride bikes maybe at some point in the history or in For the, fu in the sure. future rather. 
Um, I hope so. But yeah, thanks for, thanks for uh, giving me your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. And thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. I hope uh, the listeners appreciate it. Cheers, bro. I want to thank Jay again for his time and thank all of you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Many more. So don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review. If you give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening on, I'd really appreciate it. It could help me grow. Don't forget, keep an eye on the website. I'm going to start making some t-shirts and stickers available. If you guys want to support me, I'd really appreciate that. I want to thank Rebound Cycle and Cycling 101 for their support. By supporting me, you're supporting the My Back 40 podcast, and I really appreciate it. I love the love. Thanks, guys. Well, I think that's all I have for you guys today. So uh, I suggest you go outside, stay well, be good to one another, be kind, be generous, wash your hands, and keep the rubber side down. Mm-hmm.